Welcome to the Gym OS Podcast, helping fitness professionals become better business owners one episode at a time. All right, Morgan, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here today. We've got a special guest today on the Gym OS Podcast, Morgan Bungers. Did I say that right? I should have asked. That's correct. And we're going to be talking about virtual fitness today. In today's world of COVID, virtual fitness is kind of all the rage. I have pro and con feelings about it. And I really wanted to talk to Morgan about his stance because he's opened a gym that's completely virtual. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, cool. So he's going to talk to us today about how to get a virtual gym stood up, why you might want to get a virtual gym stood up, how the culture and experience for your customers at home are important. Basically, how you might want to go about getting a virtual gym going, right? Yes. Why don't we start off with your background? Like, where did you come from and and what got you into a virtual gym? Totally. So I've been doing CrossFit coaching it for 11 years. Started in high school, actually. Went away to college, started a gym on my college campus, a nonprofit like college club, basically. That was awesome. Graduated from there and then went on to get my doctorate in CrossFit uh, at CFNE. I was coaching at CFNE for five years before starting this gym. I was a head coach there for two years. And then COVID struck and life got turned upside down. We were shut down for a while. We were Zoom only for a while, doing parking lot stuff. And basically, I saw this opportunity to branch out and do something different and take that Zoom CrossFit class platform and run with it. Okay, I'm going to oh. dive into that in a second, but I just want to dive yeah. in. I want to I want to get deeper on this just to make sure um, we understand. You said that pretty quick, and and you're being very humble. CFNE is uh, CrossFit New England. Yes. Okay, and and who did you get your doctorate from? Duh. So with and under Ben Bergeron for the past five years, just an incredible mentor. Taught you something every day. I remember the first few times there, him like reviewing a class and just feeling like the worst. No one he's going to come over and say like, okay, that was all wrong. Let's fix everything. But after five years, it's been really, it was an incredible experience, lots of learning. Can you share with our listeners maybe one little nugget of something that he instilled upon you on how to run a class or how to deal with customers that is part of the CFNE brand? Absolutely. So it's actually kind of a funny one. We call it Katy Perry. Uh, And it's, it's because Ben's wife, Heather, made him watch a Katy Perry documentary one night. And in it, she was a mess. She was a wreck behind the scenes. She was crying. Her staff was getting her ready to go out on stage. She pops up on stage and she does a great concert. And Ben was saying, like, as a CrossFit coach, you have to do the same thing. You are presenting excellence, no matter if it's your fifth class of the day, no matter if it's 4 a.m., if you're having a crappy day. When you're on the stage, you are you got to be Katy Perry. You have to make the members feel incredible no matter what's going on in your life. I love it. I love it. So I used to tell my coaches the same thing. Like the reality, in my opinion, of, of what we're selling in, in gyms. Half of it is fitness, half of it is proper movement patterns and all of that. And the other half of it is experience, right? Like they're coming in after a long day of work, they might've got shit on by their boss or they've been in their, in their home watching their kids do Zoom classes all day long, whatever their day is like. And, and you know, yeah. like this is their break from life. And I used to tell my coaches, like, I don't care if you have to tell jokes and tap dance, like everyone needs to leave happier than they came in because that's part of what they're doing this for. Totally. It's um, the best hour of their day. And the best fitness program is the one that people actually do. So I believe CrossFit is the best, 
where I'd be like, God, that guy's an asshole. Like, I don't like going to that guy's classes. Like, I'm not going to CrossFit anymore. Like, they have fun and they come back. That's most of the battle right there. Right. There you go. Okay, cool. So you were coaching at New England when COVID hit. Yep. So th- this will be an interesting take. I like understanding like behind the curtains of, of other well-known or, or well-run facilities. How did COVID affect New England and how did, how did they respond? Yeah, it was eerie. So we were actually the first gym in the country to shut down. Uh, it was like Thursday, March 12th or something like that. But our 430 class was empty. Usually a 25-person class, we had two people in it. And from about noon that day until the evening, people were calling in, canceling their memberships. They're like, hey, I'm watching the news. I don't want to come in. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't expose myself to that risk anymore. So we, as coaches, basically got together and it took us like not even three minutes. We're like, yeah, we have to shut this place down. So we shut down under the understanding that it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a week. I was very naive. I was like, okay, week, we'll see you guys soon. Like, don't worry, we'll be back real soon. Ended up being months of a shutdown and it took us a while to get the whole Zoom classes up and running. But it was crazy how quickly it stopped us in our tracks. Yeah, I think uh, everyone listening to this can probably relate to that. It was definitely a blindsiding moment. I was actually in Chicago when COVID was breaking. I took a trip, a business trip out there. And I remember talking to my Uber driver saying like, yeah, do you think this is going to be something we really need to worry about? And uh, lo and behold, kind of was. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, it was weird. We like, we eased into it. We would, we took away our chalk buckets for about two weeks before we had to shut down, just trying to be preemptive. We instilled better cleaning and then still the worst hit us. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's talk about your gym, Jim Bungers. How did that um, get started? Why don't you tell us a little about the backstory to that and let us know like how that's looking today. Yeah, absolutely. So it is the culmination of my why. The, re- the reason I get up every day uh, is to celebrate my abilities. Like I'm so stoked that I get to do what I do. The gym is actually named after my father, Jim Bungers, J-I-M Bungers. He unfortunately passed away from ALS just about 12 years ago. And if you're familiar with the, the disease, it's an awful, awful disease. It robs you of your ability to move your muscles, leaves you bound to a wheelchair, eventually bound to a hospital bed, and eventually takes your life. So seeing my healthy and happy father go through that awful like withdrawal of his abilities really motivated me to move and help others experience movement and celebrate it. So CrossFit coach, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then this opportunity came up to to name a gym after him, to get hundreds of people saying his name every day. That's the, the biggest honor. And to continue sharing that love of movement with others. It's kind of what I saw the opportunity to do that. And I jumped on it. Have you had this long in your mind for years? Jim Bungers, Jim Bungers. It, it seems too perfectly lined up. Surprisingly enough, it was not. It was a post-workout wad brain thought, probably middle of the summer. I knew I wanted to do something virtual. I knew I wanted to do something on my own. And when post Wadbrain <laughs> put two and two together, Jim Bungers, like that's a no brainer. We, we have to do this. Okay. So let's dive into that now. Let's talk about the virtual thing. Why do you think virtual is the way to go at this moment? Yeah. A very little bit of my why is, is the safety. Like, um, Unfortunately, on the cusp of a most likely a second wave of, of shutdowns and of complications, people don't feel safe going back to the gym, whether it is safe or not. People are just super hesitant. And I don't want that fear or the complications from shutdowns to affect people's health and fitness and happiness. So being able to offer them something safe, 
is huge, that, that coronavirus safety aspect. But even bigger than that is the convenience aspect. Like um, we have members from our 7.30 a.m. class who get up at 7.15, stroll into the gym in their basement with, uh, with no shoes on and get dressed and get ready and hit the class at 7.30. They're back taking, their, taking care of their kids at 8.15. It is so convenient to do a virtual CrossFit class. Right on. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much a proponent that in-person group-based fitness will never go away. I think the community aspect of it is something that as humans, we look forward to and strive for. That being said, I haven't gone back to my gym, which is the gym I used to own even, because working out from my garage and not taking 30 minutes to get all my shit together and drive to the gym has somewhat prevented me from taking that step. And I can only imagine there's a large percentage of people out there like that, like me, who feel overwhelmed with what they've got going on in the day, but still want to work out, still want to get 40 minutes of 50 minutes of workout in and just cut everything out that they can to make sure they get that. And that's me. How do you foresee this playing out in the future? Yeah. So the big goal for this, the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal that seems too, oh, oh, too scary that. to- uh, read some books. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Part of that doctorate over at CFNE, but so the BHAG for this goal for this uh, endeavor is to have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Zoom CrossFit classes. When the Australian evening class is wrapping up, the Boston morning class is starting, and it, we employ <laughs> hopefully tens of coaches across the world, and it's 24/7 Zoom world class coaching fitness classes. So you're talking potentially spanning time zones and you would have, you have live coaching then in your workouts. Like explain to me the structure Correct. of your workouts. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. So we do, it's a live class, just how you and I are interacting over zoom right now. I start the zoom call, people join in. And from there it is a CrossFit class. How you know it. Hey guys, here's the workout. Here's the, how the weight should feel. Here are some modification options. Cool. Let's start moving full warm up with me demoing full teaching progression on whatever the movements are again with me demoing and correcting as i see athletes move practice round bathroom break which is crucial for a lot of our <laughs> members they love their bathroom break and then uh they hit the workout and athletes have seeing and correcting the entire time throughout the workout so it's not just cheerleading it is certainly important to say like i see you say their name and encourage them but there's also like hey lock out your elbows hey squat lower hey great job getting your knees out it is a full CrossFit experience just from the comfort of your living room or your basement. So let me ask you two things. I foresee two potential problems with this. First, yeah. what happens when I go off screen? Or, or how do you make sure everything's framed correctly so that this workout can happen in, in, under coach's eye? Yeah, great question. It's tough. It certainly takes some maneuvering of the person's laptop or phone to make sure they're mostly in screen. And what I've realized through seeing movement for 10 plus years and being on Zoom with CFNE and now Jim Bungers for over six months, if I can see from your elbows to your knees, if I can see 40% of your body, I can see and correct you on your movement. If I can see half your body, I see your elbows moving while you're snatching, like I can pretty much guess and see how well you're doing throughout that. Man, I have so many questions on this. So, okay. So the next question is, <laughs> how do you make sure everyone has equipment? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, what if I don't have a rower? 
right? Because that's expensive. totally. It has been a programming puzzle. It's honestly awesome. So when members join our attitude. gym, <laughs> hell yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's a, a problem to solve, opportunity to find a solution. Yeah, but everyone gets a questionnaire when they join. Hey, welcome to Gym Bungers. What equipment do you have? And we ask everything from like single dumbbell, running route, any kind of cardio machines, any of that stuff. And then every day when the programming gets posted to SugarWad, in the workout prep notes, there's dumbbell variation if it calls for a barbell. There's vice versa if it calls for a dumbbell. There's machine conversions for a run and run conversions for machines. There's no equipment versions posted as well. So we have some members who are using water jugs right now. They have access to the stairwell in their building and two water jugs. And that is what they are using to get our wow. workouts in. And it works. It's awesome. Take some creativity. Yes, there's a little bit lack of variance, but compared to doing nothing, it is way, way better. Yeah. I guess when you always compare it back to that, that is one of the points. So I guess in that respect, and this is going to lead into my next topic that I want to talk about, but yeah, how do you, okay. So I was going to ask if you guys do runs, because if I'm working out in my basement, like what I going to do, run out of my house and go do a run. <laughs> how do you coach them through that? Or do you totally, there's a lot of awkward silence on running days when everyone's out on a run. It's me and the blank screens, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> keep myself occupied for two minutes. There's always someone modifying to a machine and the athletes who are running know to set their set up their set themselves up outside or in their garage. So for running, there are athletes who are on like the fourth floor of an apartment building. And then we say, all right, we're going to move for two minutes. We're going to do jumping jacks, mountain climbers. We're going to do shuttle sprints. Hopefully, you know, the neighbors downstairs and don't piss them off, <laughs> but we're going to do something. So you're moving. Got it. Okay. And have you had any tech challenges? I'm a member of a bunch of masterminds and it's always like you get 20 people in a room on a zoom call and four of them can't get their mic to work and three's videos are chopping out and one <laughs> internet doesn't work. Like, how is that? Yeah. I don't want to jinx myself, knock on wood with me, but um, <laughs> so far really, really good. We, in our studio, in my buddy's garage, which is now a studio, uh, we got it hard lined with an ethernet cord. We have some pretty simple lighting. We got a webcam with big wide lens on it. And so far with that, we've been... But for your customers, been, there's no... They haven't had any frustrations getting set up and going? No, minimal. Everyone signs on that first call. It's like, oh, I'm too far away in my backyard. I got to get closer. But beyond that, everyone's been pretty solid. Awesome. That's cool. Okay. So let's talk about the coaching aspect of it. So I'm trying to imagine myself in your shoes. I'm looking into a Zoom grid of people doing movement. Like, Do you have a monster TV you're doing this against? Yes. So our busier classes almost 20 people could be done on the computer screen, but everyone gets real small. So we have a monitor set up where we have everyone blown up a little bit bigger. Okay, cool. And you're able to give them all coaching cues and guidance and personal shout outs or attention as needed. Totally. And if you think about it, an in-person class of like 15 people is totally manageable. That's like the ideal size class. Arguably it's easier because I don't have to walk around the room. Everyone can hear me from right where I'm standing, looking at their, their computer screens. And it's exactly go through the grid, make sure you're using everyone's name, make sure you're either celebrating a good movement piece, like, hey, great job keeping your back flat, or give them a little correction, like, hey, try to get your knees out more next time. Right. So I'm a huge process guy. And, and running a gym, we've been trying to work with a lot of gym owners and building process into their yes. ev into everything, right? Yes. I'm, so I, again, I'm, I'm running through my mind how I would do this if I was you. I would have like a something taped to my screen which is just basically like go through the grid, use their name, 
blah, blah, blah. You know, like the thing that's great about being at home in, in a virtual setting is you can have teleprompters all around the screen. <laughs> yep. Behind the scenes of the, of the operation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have any of that? Or like, what does your process look like for an in-gym? Yeah, it was. Uh, luckily, I got to practice when we were in shutdown with CFN. and he got to practice the whole Zoom operations. And then before starting our first class, took a note from um, the book Traction, and which I hope we get a chance to talk about in a second. But dive into that. Yeah, oh, I love it. Core processes. Like you have to write out everything that gets done. If you're hit by a bus, God forbid, or you just stop working, can someone come along, pick it up, and follow along and like uh, keep operating? So I typed out like literally second by second how a class should run. What are we doing? What am I saying? What should the people on screen be doing? And then practicing that and having that kind of ingrained in my mind, that's how we operate each class day in and day out. Which I assume has to be pretty important because if you're talking about having an Australian coach coaching Australian hours, the experience probably needs to be replicable. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm in the process of building out what that hiring and onboarding process is like. And brutal and extensive are the words I'm using to frame it. Like it, it should be an uncomfortable experience. It's so thorough because we have to keep the experience comparable across all coaches, time zones, classes. So it's going to be a very hefty onboarding process for our coaches as they get hired. So let me challenge you on that, actually, because we are kind of knee deep. I, I'm actually running a book club right now, and we're reading Emith with a bunch of owners. Yes. Oh, and we should talk about that too. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you're big on knowledge. We can probably wrap for many hours after this. But yeah. so in Emith, he talks about building a process so airtight that you're going to hire the lowest common denominator for the job. Yes. And in, and in fact, you probably. And this is where I'm, I try to wrap my head around this and how it applies to gyms, but you probably want to be able to hire somebody who's never done this job before because they're going to come in with preconceived notions and past experience that is going to invariably conflict with what you want. If you're describing to me your hiring process as, what were the words you used? Uh, I forget exactly, but I quote Parks and Rec where it's like brutally intricate, brutally intricate. <laughs> you said, oh, it was brutal and exhaustive. Yes. Right? Yeah. That, to me, that seems to con conflict with the idea of hiring somebody as lowest common denominator as you can. Right? Totally. Yeah. Can you, can you explain that divergence? Because you obviously understand EMIT. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so great point. So you're saying like franchise model, make your model so simple that you can put it in the hands of any Joe Schmall in the street and they're running your business mm -hmm. for you. In terms of the like X's and O's of it, like here's the format for a class. It goes warm up, teach bathroom break, that kind of thing, that should be simple and easy to follow. When we're looking to hire someone, we're looking to hire on character first. Who are they? How do they operate? How are they going to respond when they interact with adversity? That You can't teach that, unfortunately, for a lot of it. So we're going to be very careful that we weed out the right person, regardless of their skills. And like mm -hmm. you said, hopefully, they might be new to coaching in general. Uh, but we're going to hire based on character first. And then we're going to um, indoctrinate them in how we think and feel and operate from an emotional standpoint. That'll be the, the stringent part of this. The really intricate part will be basically brainwashing them to think the way we do. And then the actual X's and O's of start the Zoom call 10 minutes early, greet people as they come in. That'll be easy and simplified to the point where the lowest common denominator can follow it. Got it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Cool. So let's kind of dive into that segment of things and then we'll start to wrap things up. So I've always yeah. been a proponent. Um, and I kind of alluded to this earlier in the episode that the experience in the gym is 
part of the product. It's yeah. how in push press we've kind of indoctrinated the concept that our gym owners experience and their ability to access us for help is part of our product. It's not yeah. just software, right? How, if I was a gym owner right now and I, I didn't have any experience opening a gym I'm th- or I'm, I'm a fitness trainer out there and I'm thinking about opening a gym and I'm, I'm thinking about creating a new entity in my area. What advice would you give me in terms of like, what are the most important things to starting a gym? Cause in my opinion, most people are focusing on too heavily on the wrong things. Totally. Yeah. So if I could give you one piece of advice, if I had to limit it to one, it would be to over deliver, spoil the crap out of your members. Your members are your product. Like Seth Godin says it like your, your product is your marketing. If you can offer a deliver uh, or deliver an incredible product, you knock your members socks off day in and day out, their word of mouth, they become sneezers. They have to tell everyone else about it. Mm-hmm. That is your best bet. Promise a lot, but then over deliver on top of that promise. Yep. You've got to wow your members. How, how would one do that? So that's easy to say, right? And I yes, guarantee totally. you every single business owner, not even gym owners, every single business owner says like, that's what I do, right? Yeah. yeah. How do you actually make sure you do that? Trust. Trust and the emotional bank account. So you got to understand that everything you do is either going to deposit something into your member's bank account, going to make them feel good, or everything you do is going to withdraw from their bank account, make them feel kind of sour or crappy. And the way that you deposit more and more and more is you build trust with these people. If they trust you, you are building up that emotional bank account. And trust comes from things like making good on your promises, saying you're going to do something and actually doing it. Trust comes from making people feel happy and letting them understand that you have their best interest in mind. Basically coming down to promises and trust. The more you fill up their emotional bank account, the more they're going to feel like you're over-delivering. Right. I'll give the listeners one too, because this is one that I feel is very important. And I actually led, I didn't mean to, but I led our conversation with this. I think there's a lot of businesses I frequent where the owner is this figure behind the curtain, right? Maybe a figure larger than life. You don't deal with them. I think trust is inherently created in vulnerability. And if you remember the beginning of our conversation, and again, I didn't mean to do this. It just happened. Like I used to have a problem telling people who I was, my, yeah. where my flaws were. And I told you right at the beginning of our conversation, like I had a drug problem at one point and I had to go through rehab and I burnt down a lot of friends and I've, I figured my life out from them. Showing vulnerability, in my opinion, is the foundation for trust because it, it lets people know that you are on their level. It's weird because people walk into a business and they think like, oh, the owner is the owner, right? You don't talk to him. You don't deal with her. You know, like she's more important than everyone else. When you show your customers that you're on their level, when you show your employees you're on their level and you're willing to relate with them on their level, that nothing builds trust more than that, I think. Totally. Love that. So that's my little nugget. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, this seems like a good place to wrap up. I really appreciate your time today chatting with us. The future, to some degree of fitness, encompasses some type of virtual, I do believe. I strongly believe there's a lot more leverage that gym owners can get out of going virtual. You've taken it to the hilt. You're a 100% leveraged in virtual, which is cool because if you can get a coach in Australia and England and New England and California, (laughs) right, like that becomes a lot more people you can help with their fitness goals. And like you said, any fitness is better than no fitness, right? Absolutely. 
And I mean, I'd be willing to bet 90% of the population is doing no fitness at this point or virtually no fitness. So a lot of big green yield for you there. I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time out to listen to this. Hopefully you guys have learned something important from this. Take like with every episode, I just hope you take one little nugget away and you can apply it to something in your business. All right, Morgan, thank you for your time. And again, we appreciate everything you had to drop on our audience. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. That was so awesome, Dan. Thank you so much. Okay, cool. 